Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Just Sports Podcast, where we only talk sports. I'm your host, Will Gardner. I'm excited I went to rehab, and now I'm fired up again. And I'm ready to bring the smoke and heat. That, that old smoke, he needs to retire, dude. Just get the f- out of the league. Thank you. I am blessed to be on this podcast. Welcome to the Just Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gardner, and today we have episode 52 coming at you. In this episode, we're going to have a little bit of college football playoff championship preview and a little bit of NBA basketball, not something you get a whole lot of here on the JSP, and that's because we have a brand new guest, a brand new member of the podcast is going to be with us today, and also a familiar face will be with us as well. So let's meet our guests for the day. And now, making his return to the Just Sports Podcast, please welcome Owen Hetchler. Very good, very great, very dapper, very handsome, very intelligent co-host. Now I'm fired up again, and I'm ready to bring the smoke and heat. I'm not from Michigan, I'm from Detroit. Please welcome Charlie Grace. So today I am joined by those two gentlemen who you just heard their intros, their new intros. It's something new we are implementing, trying to, you know, maybe a more engaging podcast. That's what we're trying to bring to you guys. So those are my two guests for today. My co-host, Charlie Grace. Charlie, how are we feeling this Friday evening? Feeling great. A little sore, but going into the weekend, hype for tomorrow. Long week, but nothing like a Friday night. A little sore, Charlie. So this presumably is from your tennis career, correct? Yeah, tennis career. Hopefully, I am going to Harvard to play tennis. That has been the dream. Is Harvard good at tennis? I don't know, but it just sounds good. Sounds hmm. very white. Um, and you're, that- you are smart enough to get in there, correct? No, but my tennis will get me there, I think. Oh, I okay, okay. Full Yeah, ride. my tennis is... Um, pretty up there. I would say top five in Michigan. Don't really play the ranking stuff just because I know I'm up there. But definitely up there. Definitely top five, I think. But, you know, don't look at the rankings because they're not really that accurate. So They're not really accurate. They're, like, hating on Charlie. And we are joined by another man, a man who has had qu- quite a relationship, I would say, with the Just Sports podcast. He made a couple of appearances if you remember back, uh, episode 16, I believe, was his one and only appearance where we talked James Harden and the Nets. And then, a couple, I want to say two months ago, him and another former Just Sports podcast employee that I'm not going to mention because I don't, want, I don't want to. 
Don't even <laughs> Owen, Owen moved to his and made his own podcast, which I have a lot of respect for. The basketball hotline podcast. It's, go follow uh, it. Go follow They had two two episodes, but Owen is officially back with the Just Sports Podcast with Basketball Hotline. It's still a thing, but it's it's associated with Just Sports Podcast. And Owen will be on our podcast as well. Owen is a great NBA mind, and uh, we're very happy to have him on our show. What's, yes, sir. Yes, Owen, sir. I know you're very hyped. Describe your feelings right now. <laughs> I made it. I made it. It's tears of joy out here. Tears of joy. <laughs> Gang has joined the podcast. Gang. Gang. <laughs> Very true. So we have a lot to get through today. Owen is going to give us a little NBA list. We're going to look at the national championship coming up. We also have our news segment. So let's jump right into our weekly news segment. Alabama defeated Cincinnati in the Goodyear Cotton. Is it the all No, Goodyear Cotton Bowl. I got that right. correct. 27-6, to Cincinnati offense unable to put virtually any points on the board they did not score a touchdown the entire game Cincinnati's defense played very well sauce Gardner was again clamping but the difference was Bijan Robinson for Alabama went off for over 200 rushing yards they just could not stop that man looking you know a little reminiscent of Derrick Henry Trent Richardson Mark Ingram all the other super powerful running backs that we've seen come out of Alabama Robinson Put up that type of performance. It was the most rushing yards by a by an Alabama player in a bowl game in Crimson Tide history. So that is definitely a very coveted record, and he definitely beat out a bunch of talented running backs for that record. So props to him. He played amazing. Yeah. Bryce Young, not the greatest game, but they got the job done. And Bryce wasn't really didn't really need to play that well mm-hmm. in that one. Charlie, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I just I feel like whenever. I think this is all levels. Whenever a very top team plays like a, you know, a lower team or a team that doesn't usually get as big recruitments, I think they can still win the battles at the skills positions. I think it really comes down to the trenches because those small schools usually don't get those, you know, 6'6", massive O-linemen or, you know, really massive, you know, edge rushers or D-tackles. And I think that's a huge difference in those games. It's just a the battle in the trenches and how much time the running back or quarterbacks get. Absolutely. We saw this. I mean, we're talking Cincinnati, which is obviously not a power five school, but even with Michigan against Georgia, the size difference, the strength difference, the speed difference between that SEC school and Michigan, which is a big name school up here in the North, but Georgia was just so much stronger, faster, more talented than Michigan. And that really made the difference in that game as well, which Georgia did absolutely pummel Michigan 34 to 11 in the Orange Bowl. Michigan really was never in this game uh, after the first score, which was a touchdown to Brett Bowers, who's a great tight end for Georgia. Stetson Bennett played one hell of a game. Zamir White, also Zaire White, also had some really nice gains on the ground. Aiden Hutchinson had virtually no impact on this game with only one tackle, which is a stat I have loved bringing up to my fellow Michigan fans, my fellow, you know, my friends who are Michigan fans. I'm not a Michigan fan myself. But I've loved, you know, just saying, oh, you know, Aiden Hutchinson got babied by Georgia, which he did. So I was very happy to see that. Not a big Michigan lover over here. And I know Charlie feels the same way. Yeah, it was satisfying. But it's also just a reminder that you have to respect the ACC. Or the, what am I saying? The SEC, they're going to be the best division year in, year out. The only teams that can compete with them are Clemson 
and Ohio State, in my opinion, maybe Oklahoma. So you just have to give them the respect and move on because it's probably not going to change for the time being, especially after you see Texas A&M pulled in, I think, or used $20 million for their class this year. I mean, there's a reason they had the number one class. And with time changing like that, I think the SEC will probably stay on top for a little bit. You are absolutely correct. Charlie, 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 Charlie. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish were absolutely dominating the Cowboys, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Oh, we don't have to talk about this. We don't have to talk about in this. In the Fiesta Bowl. And then Spencer Sanders in Oklahoma State pitched a amazing, remarkable, incredible comeback to win 37-35 to and win the Fiesta Bowl. How is this news? This is not news. This is news. This is not They news. won the game. It was a great comeback. I, I don't it's know not what to say. And all, all I heard from you Fake all news. week was Mark, Marcus, Marcus Freeman news. is going to be such a great head coach. He's going to come out. His guys are going to be just so good, and they're going to absolutely dominate. That's all I heard from you, Charlie. So I, I just had to bring that up. I'm not hating. I'm just, just, not uh, news. just a little should... PSA, just, let, just letting you know. That game was dragged anyways. Oh, if you say so. Ohio State defeats Utah in a thriller in the Rose Bowl. I would say this is probably, you know, next to Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, the best bowl game we've seen this season. Really, I mean, these bowl games have absolutely blowed so far. I mean, absolutely terrible. Both playoff games were barn burners, just very not entertaining to watch, unless you're a Georgia or Alabama fan. Ohio State wins the Rose Bowl next uh thanks to jackson smith going yeah, off will. and cj stroud as well yes Charlie. I, thought, I thought the new year six besides the playoffs were pretty entertaining the new year six were i mean Ole miss and baylor was you know a, a little lower scoring we didn't get to see yeah. matt corral which brought some of the entertainment out of the game there's still you know a close game I, I, I agree notre dame and oklahoma state was a great game michigan state pittsburgh was as a michigan state fan it was tough to watch for three quarters and then the last quarter it was enjoyable yeah. I think I think it was also fun because you know Notre Dame, Kyron Williams wasn't there, Michigan State, Kenneth Walker. So we also got to see a lot more pass game, and you know even the teams without their quarterbacks, we got to see you know maybe guys in the future that will step up. So I think that was pretty fun. Absolutely, but I think we you know you have to say that the playoff games were pretty bad. Yeah, no, those are horrible. I think the first half of the Cincinnati Bama game was entertaining, but it was. That, it wasn't. It was. But there was probably one good half out of the whole playoff. Yeah. One of the craziest things I've ever seen on a football field, Antonio Brown has just gone and done it again. I mean, he's a he's a legend. You know, he's had his, you know, assault, you know, files in court. You know, he's had his altercations with John Gruden and the Raiders. He left Pittsburgh, and now he's in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. And he, he seems to have settled down, you know, maybe – we're starting to think, okay, Antonio Brown can start to get back to some normal normalcy in his life uh, until this weekend in New York where him and Bruce Arians got into a little altercation on the sideline. We saw Tom Brady getting into him a little bit. Uh, Mike Evans was there trying to calm him down. And in the end, Antonio Brown decided, I'm going to strip down, take off my shirt and my pads, leave my pants on take off my gloves, you know, throw them into the stands, you know, give the fans a nice souvenir, and leave the field throwing up the deuces, high-fiving fans. It was, I mean, it was really, I mean, I don't really know the word. Is that incredible, I guess? It was really weird and bizarre, but very funny and entertaining, I would say, at the same time. Very weird. He was released from the Bucks 
I think that was yesterday he's released Rosarian saying he's definitely not coming back and I don't blame him because it was a very very strange and I would say unprofessional move from Antonio Brown for sure Charlie uh, any thoughts on this I actually love this move I think <laughs> I think it's badass but you can say what you sure. want to say I think he just walks off the field I mean if the if the if the story's true Antonio Brown's one of the dopest dudes ever I mean, I don't know how much is true because it's Antonio Brown, but if if he did, you know, if, if he was hurt, the coach told him, you have to go in, and he said, fuck no, I'm not going in, and just walks off the field. I think that's... Whoa! Yeah, I know. I think that's bad boy-esque right there, and I think Antonio Brown's a legend for that, if that's so true. If he just walked off, you know, blame it on the CTE, but... You know. If it's true, and I, I think the funniest part of the story was definitely... Him walking out of the stadium, and you know he, he didn't have a car, and he obviously was not going to take the team bus. So he got on an Uber, and there was a video of him in the Uber. That was probably the funniest part, for me at least. Mm-hmm. More NFL news. The Bengals clinched the AFC North. I mean, a lot of teams clinched playoffs. You know, you had the Packers clinched the one seed, and the Chiefs clinched the AFC West. But I think this is the most notable news. The Bengals clinched the AFC North. I, ble- I be- believe, you know, at the beginning of the season – I believe myself and Charlie were both, you know, I think I definitely had the Bengals finishing fourth in this division. I, I would guess that Charlie did too, because I mean, you had teams like the Steelers and the Browns. Who you know, we, no, I, I think you overrated the Steelers. I'm, pro- I think I had them ahead of them. So you had the Bengals at third. Probably. I mean, I think without the Mar doesn't get hurt. I still think the Ravens are the one seed, but that's still up to question. But but you can't you can't say that. I mean, this was an incredible season from the Bengals. Joey yeah. Burr, as they referred to him, was tremendous. Jamar Chase was tremendous. You know, he had some nice gritties in the end zone, which also, I mean, Adam Schefter tore his ACL doing the gritty. So it's not as easy as he makes it look. He's nice and smooth with it. I know Charlie has a nice gritty as well. My gritty is on point. But, I mean, big props to the- for tomorrow for intramural basketball. I am going to be pulling out the gritty. But to bring up, I think... I mean, yeah, Cincinnati was great, and I really, it was really great, you know, to watch such a young team come together. And I think that's, I was, I, I knew this team had potential. It was just, I thought this division was going to be stacked, and it was very disappointing. The Browns were not good. The Ravens, I mean, had their latter injuries, and I think the Ravens are still a good team, just, you know, had a tough year. And the Steelers just looked ancient. So, I mean, with Big Ben, I think it's sad to see Big Ben go, but he just, was not a good quarterback at the end of his career. So I think, yeah, the Bengals had a great season, but it was also not as good a division as many people thought. No, I 100% agree. Uh, big, I mean, Ravens were probably the most unlucky team in the NFL, you know, injuries, and then also hit hard by COVID, among other things. I mean, Tyler Huntley ended up starting, you know, multiple games for them. And, I mean, he did play really, really well, uh, considering the situation. And Mark Andrews was fantastic for the Ravens mm-hmm. as well. So I, I would have to agree with you that Ravens at full strength are the number one team in the AFC North. But, I mean, that shouldn't overshadow, you know, just yeah. how great of a season it was for Cincinnati. Some more news out of college football. I, I know if you've listened to the past podcast, we've been talking a lot about college football. And in particular, the transfer portal, Caleb Williams, the freshman quarterback from Oklahoma, who is absolutely outstanding, the best freshman quarterback in college football by far has entered the transfer portal 
Ooh. While saying in a statement, though, he has not ruled out a return to Oklahoma, but Dylan Gabriel, who, if you remember, previously, you know, a couple of weeks ago, transferred from UCF to UCLA, says, nah, Caleb, you're leaving. I am coming into Oklahoma. So now Dylan Gabriel flips his commitment from UCLA to Oklahoma. So now Oklahoma has Dylan Gabriel. Does that deter Caleb Williams from coming back, Charlie? What do we think? I think it would be pretty funny if Caleb Williams comes back just so Gabriel has to leave. But I don't know. I feel like Williams, I mean, I don't know why he'd want to stay. It's not really the same group of guys. It's not the same coach that he was you know, told he was going to play for. And I think he could be better off at some of the other colleges, you know, that still have much better talent, I think. Not, not much better, but just talent that, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the best talent in Oklahoma went away. And so I, you know, Oklahoma is a top-tier program, but just because of the Lincoln-Riley situation, I think you might be better off at a different college that, you know, is more compact and already kind of has idea what's going on. I agree. I, I don't see Caleb Williams going back with – I mean, if he did come back, I don't think Dylan Gabriel would leave, and I think Caleb Williams would win that QE battle for sure. One school that I do see Caleb Williams going to, however, is Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. Matt Corral is leaving for the NFL draft, so they are in need of quarterback. They are obviously recruiting Arch Manning very hard. Arch Manning's girlfriend actually stated in a video that he is coming to Ole Miss. Now, uh, I, is it's my understanding that Arch – girl, you know, he probably gets I a lot of girls. So girl. it's, it's, one, was, it's one – yeah, it's one of his side chicks. He was chilling in bed with that. Yeah. Made say Ole Miss, and then he was like, okay, now we're doing it. But, but I could totally see Arch Manning coming to Ole Miss for sure. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Definitely. But he's a junior. He's a junior in high school. Or is he a senior? I think he's a junior. Junior. Well, I think... Junior or sophomore. So there's time. So I, I, I definitely see Caleb Williams potentially going to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Charlie, any, anything, any, fin- any news that I missed or any finishing points you want to put on the oh. news segment? Well, um, as a Michigan State fan, oh yes, 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 yes. yes. One of the big uh, commitments was Jeremy Fears, Jr. Uh, from Illinois, committed. He's four star, top thirty in his class, twenty twenty three. Committed to Michigan State. Shoes from Michigan State. You know, don't, you don't usually get a, a ton of outside state guys, but you know they usually can get a good amount of Illinois guys just because a lot of Chicago, um, in Mich- a lot of Michigan State fans in Chicago. So I think that's great for Michigan State. It's a very good player, too. Yeah, it's it's an interesting story, Jeremy Fears, because on Wednesday, he was crystal ball 100% Illinois. Mm-hmm. He went to bed. Thursday morning, when you woke up, it had completely flipped to 100% Michigan State. And that evening, at the halftime of a, ga- of a high school basketball game, he committed to Michigan State. Now he's a junior, has more time to grow, but very exciting very promising player and a huge, huge grab for Coach Izzo and company. So that is our new segment for the week. And I'm going to throw it over to Owen Hetchler, who is going to give his all-star starters for the NBA in 2022. Owen, you have the floor. What's up? What <laughs> Yo, is that my boy? Hi. Here is my list for the all-star starters. Let's go first conference, Eastern Conference, 
at point guard. I think this is no debate, really. Ice Trey Young. Um, I think that he's he's like second in points and second in assists. He's putting up numbers. Just his team is not winning, but they're not even that bad. Like if you looked a couple years ago, they were like worse in the East, but they're only I guess four games shy of a playoff spot. So I think the spot is deserved. I think obviously next one the way Demar Derozan it could have been Zach Levine, okay. Derozan, Derozan, okay. Dever- deserves the, the way Demar Derozan. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> so, DeMar DeRozan deserves this spot, quite obviously. Bulls are first in the East. They were one of the worst teams last year. Um, His impact has shown, and it shows how, I think it shows how good the Western Conference is, because DeMar didn't make the playoffs since 2019 before that with the Spurs, and it just shows how stacked Western conferences compared to the East if the Bulls are first in the East with DeMar DeRozan. So, um, okay. A small forward. Ooh. I got my boy. Skinny, long neck Kevin Durant. Um, <laughs> he just, he just Kevin Durant. Like, there's not, not, nothing else. Um, Nothing to say. Nothing to say. Giannis Antetokounmpo is power forward um, <laughs> because he's first in MVP voting right now, which I know that really doesn't kind of matter, but, like, I mean, it does, but, like, yeah. Um, but he's averaging around, like, 27 points per game, 11 rebounds, five assists. has fixed a lot of his game that was lacking earlier in his career. If you look two years ago from now, he is five times a better player than back then. It's just... The Bucks are having a struggling year this year. And then for my starting center, this wasn't really tough at all. It's Joel Embiid. He's averaging 26 a game. Sixers, though, playing under expect under expectations because Ben Simmons is gone, but he's trash. But uh, Joel Embiid's been playing. He's been balling out, you know. And then for my Western Conference. Uh, uh, Thank you, Owen. I'm gonna flip it over to Charlie, and then, and then I'll let you go for Westing. I'm sorry. Flip it over to Charlie bro. for his. I I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. On game. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Owen. Owen, continue. I, I don't want to be an op. So Owen. Owen, just go ahead. All right. Not nah, Charlie. No. Nah, never mind. Never mind. Too late. Do you want me to go? You can go. You can go. All right. Bye, bye, bye. Owen. Owen. Should I do starting five or two backcourt, three frontcourt? Just do starting five. All right. Starting five. Then. Mm. And we have, like, pretty same, except I would – it's hard where to throw Jimmy Butler in there because he doesn't have the same stats. But I, I would definitely consider Jimmy Butler there. If if I could do um, DeMar, Trey, Butler, Giannis, and KD, yes, I, Embiid's been great, but I think Jimmy Butler has just been so important to the Heat's success this year. And, you know, again – Happened a couple of years ago. He gets super underrated, even though they didn't have a great season last year. He gets super underrated, and it's a huge factor due to Jimmy Butler. But it's also who I think should make the Ulster team: Tyler Hero, who's been playing extremely well, and yeah. I think he should be voted backcourt. You got anyone else you think should be voted? Like um, that you know, it's kind of un- been having an underrated year this year. Actually, Darius Garland has been having a really underrated. Yeah, season. I-, I was saying the exact same thing. I think. 
too many people don't realize how good Garland's been and yeah. how the Cavs have been so good, largely due to him. Yeah, it kind of shows how good Garland is because Sexton hasn't played that much games this season, and mm-hmm. it shows kind of the impact that Garland has instead of Sexton. So I think the Cavs probably make some moves this trade deadline, trying to move yeah. Colin Sexton out. Yeah, I, I would, yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I also think Miles Bridges has been, I mean, not just as a State fan, he's been having a great year this year. Averaging he's been like averaging 20, 20 points. Games. Yeah, and him and Lamelo could looks like one of the best duos in the NBA. And he's been absolutely huge to the Hornets as well. Yeah, Lob City. Mm-hmm. So that's um, that's my Eastern. I agree Tyler Hero should be in it, but what about Bam? Because Bam's been having a really underrated season too. He's yeah, I think Bam's been super underrated just in the fact that, I mean, I think the whole Heat have been really good. I think they could have, you know, three potential All-Stars, which is, you know, surprising. Just they might not have the best talented roster, but – their team has just been very productive and they have a, just like good. good players. Like Kyle Guy, who they just picked up, has been playing great as of lately. He's good at yeah. college. But uh yeah, I think Hero definitely deserves an all star. He's been averaging like twenty two, twenty one a game. He's looking a lot like in the like I don't want to make this bold prediction, but he's been playing like Devin Booker as of this yeah. year. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Like I think he might have two all stars, but it's it's gonna be a, like another Hawks thing in 2015 where they had like three or four All Stars, mm-hmm. so I think that will happen. All right, let's flip over to the Western Conference. Owen, um, Western Conference starting five. Hold up. <laughs> um, so by starting point guard is Steph Curry. Obviously, uh, he's been struggling as of late. He's been shooting the lights on, but um, he's still an All Star. You know, oh, and, uh, oh and, uh, you know, since I, our list are probably similar, I'm just going to go with you on this one. I'll just, like, go along. Yeah, I think Curry as well. And for my shooting guard spot, I was thinking about Luka, but just because the Suns are such a high seeding in the West, I'm going to go Devin Booker just because oh. Devin Booker. He's been having very high. You know, he's shooting, shooting 44% from the field, 42% from three around 85% from the free throw line. Like, this is his best three-point shooting ever that he's shot in probably his NBA career. I think this one is my pick just because it was risky, but I had to do it. He can stroke that thing for sure. No, I mean, I think that's totally fair just because he's been, you know, if you're looking like valueness, then I think, you know, Booker. But personally, I would put Ja Mitchell or Luka. Over Devin, I mean, yeah, Jaws like a point guard, but I would still put Luca or Donovan personally over just because the Jazz are like three seed and they've been and Donovan's been averaging twenty five points, and Luca's oh, been balling sure. out even though the Mavs aren't have a seed. He's still the fifth seed and he's been having a great season as well. Especially Jaws, I could go along with John Mitchell. Honestly. Yeah, I think Jaws been way harder than Curry has recently. I think Curry beginning of the year. Much better than Ja, but personally, I think Ja will finish with a better season than Curry. I think individually, that could be true, but also Curry's, like, having a slump. Curry just get hot immediately, and then mm-hmm. go for, like, 10, 11. Like, no, I think, Curry's, I think Curry's postseason's going to be out of this, out of the world, but... He could be, like, like, remember last year, he had, like, 10 or 15 games where he had, like, 10 plus threes, those games. Like, he went crazy. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's crazy how underrated Curry was last year, just because he was putting up absurd numbers, and people were you know not really giving him the respect he deserves, and I think he's established himself as a top three player in the league. Yeah, and then I guess another player that could be a reserve for shooting guard, just bringing this up, who's having a really good season, is Jordan Poole. Uh, oh yeah, totally. Actually, um, totally underrated. I think the Warriors. I mean, I think Curry's been getting a little slump. Wiggins has been playing great. Though. Yeah, I was saying Wiggins and Jordan Poole have been stepped up and played very well for the yeah. uh, for the Warriors. So for my small forward spot in the West, I just put. I think Paul George deserves this one. Uh, Paul George has been having. Great season. He just plays really consistent for like season wise, I guess, because he puts up the same stats, kind of like, like in like forty five, forty, around eighty, somewhat eighty, like high eighties and free uh free throw percentage. Paul George has been kind of just carrying the Clippers this season. He was carrying them at their first half. He's still kind of carrying them. But he did get injured. Uh, but now that he's back, I think that like Paul George can like. I think he just hundred percent deserves an all star like all star spot, especially since the absence of Kawhi, the moves the Clippers have made. They they let go of Serge Ibaka. He's in the D League right now just because he got injured. Like Paul George has been going through it, and I think he definitely deserves the spot hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree with you, but I don't because I'm putting LeBron here. I can understand if you put him at power forward, but LeBron is like. 30, what, 36, 37? 37. And 37, gosh. And he's putting up numbers like he's 22. I think LeBron, as, I mean, whether you think he's a GOAT or not, I think it's pretty undisputable that he's a top two player of all time. And I think LeBron is just putting up crazy numbers, super hot, is carrying the Lakers. And so I'm, I'm going to give LeBron respect at small forward because I do think He's making more of an impact than Paul George, in my opinion. Yeah, but I I put LeBron at power forward because the way. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. LeBron has been playing so good. I don't think people realize how good LeBron is. I don't like. There's this block against the Mavericks and this dunk that he got. Like he did a jelly like dunk and it was crazy. And then he did a block where he got near the top of the backboard, like really close to it. It was crazy. And the way LeBron's able to finish over defenders. Using his like girthy, bulging, veiny arms to like get those layups up and dunks. Like LeBron's, LeBron's a top two player all the time, undisputed. Mm-hmm. And then at power forward, um, this because my center is a little controversial, so I'll go power forward first. It's actually center. I'm going the most underrated player this year, Jokic, putting up 25 points, seven assists, and 14 rebounds. That is absurd. Seven assists. And getting 14 rebounds, that is, and 25 points. That's a very good stat line. If the Nuggets were only better, he would be a top three MVP candidate. I still think he's top five, but he's just not getting respect because of the Nuggets record this year. 100%, 100%. Uh, but I know I may sound like a clown. <laughs> Gosh, me. Uh, but uh, I think that Draymond Green... As clowny as it sounds, might deserve a spot just because of the starting. Board. I'm gonna put Jokic at starting, but it was, right. 
it's weirdly it was close for me because bro I think... Draymond. I mean, yeah, if you're talking value, but this is all stars. These are like yeah. flashy point getters. I mean, Draymond has like a package, but uh, you know, I'm just gonna put Jokic. All right, and I love Draymond, but Draymond's like will get you a layup. Yeah, he get you a couple of air ball threes. No, yeah, sorry. but I'm gonna put. He might have. Though. He might. He has the Chris Edwards shot for him. He does. Uh, speaking, yeah, speaking of uh, Chris Edwards, balled out during the uh, JV game. Uh, check out oh, his shout out clips. Yeah, check out his clips, Duke. Uh, it's really good at layups. Nothing else. But um, <laughs> Jokic, Jokic, hundred percent deserves it. Best playmaking center of all time. One of the best shooting centers, scoring centers. Just he has a bag, you know. Yeah, I think Jokic is absolutely sweet and is probably one of the most like uh, developed seven footers we've seen all around in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to hear my controversial center? Yes, sir. <sighs> you ready? Yeah. I don't know if you're ready. Ooh, ooh, I'm ready. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. Talk to me. Talk to me. Are you Jonas kidding me? Is putting Don't up 18 me. points a game, 12 rebounds, yeah, 3.4%. Two and a half assists, a block, and he's shooting so good. He's shooting 43% from three, 85 from free throw, and 56 field goal. He's got a strap. He has got a strap. That white boy is yeah. hot. That I white love boy can cook some grease, eh? I, he he can sure cook some bacon, that's for sure. I think Valentina <laughs> has been extremely balling. Been, you know, just playing like an absolute like white boy. All star white boy stud. So this is why the Pelicans do suck this year, but He's been he's been putting up numbers and I think he's very underrated this year. You know, as bad as mm. that sounds, it's not that bad. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie. Mm. I can rock with it. And then some some people that were uh I have underrated. I also had even though the Pelicans do suck, I think Brandon Ingram's been having a good year. Um and the same thing goes with DeAndre Aiden, but that's the opposite. I think he's been Aiden's been having a great year for the Suns, and the Suns have been good. Yeah. So that's why I got Aiden. I could see uh, Mikel Bridges being an all-star this year. He's been playing great, actually. Yeah, I think Very the Suns are, Suns are kind of like the Heat. They might not have the most, like, you know, star talent, but they definitely have a deep roster that will get you points. Yeah. You know, like, I, I can rock with but I, I really want to see Jordan Poole. And, and yeah, also you know, you know who else has been falling out that I like to see? Who? De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox should have been an All Star last year. And I know he got absolutely snubbed, but this Amen. year, same thing might happen because of COVID. He's having twenty one points. He's been he's been literally the Kings like kind of only offense really. Him and healed him and healed of them. Yeah, but he he he's able to get buckets. So I have total respect for him. Speaking of, I was about to mention Buddy Heald could be in consideration because he's putting up around 17 a game, and though he shoots, he shoots a lot of threes. He does hit a lot of them too, so he's yeah. around top five makes, and I believe. Oh, um, yeah, I know he's. I know he's shot very productive in years past. 
Yeah, especially at Oklahoma. He was a baller. See, he's shooting shooting 38 this year. Not bad. Not but bad, but for his shot not, attempts, it's not. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. He shoots, you, like, he, shoots, he shoots like 10 games, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all, Will. You guys were absolutely incredible. I was just sitting here, just, you know, sitting back, just listening to you guys absolute preach. No. Uh, very, very good job. Because I could not have done that. I, I'm not the biggest NBA mind, but you guys were absolutely fantastic. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> Owen, thank you. Thank you so much. I know you mentioned you might have to dip after the NBA because me and Charlie are going to get into a little college football. So it's up to yeah. you if you want to stick around. If not, you know, it's, it's totally up to you. Unfortunately, I have, to, I have to go in the Just Sports podcast shower and then shower off for today. But it was a good run. Thank you all so much uh, for being here tonight. And, you know, we look forward to working with you in the future because you're, uh, you're fantastic. Thank you. Remember, everyone, follow the basketball hotline. <laughs> all right. Charlie, are you ready to get into some college football? Yes, Will, I am, baby. All right, Charlie. This Monday, Monday is absolutely atrocious day for a football game. Monday night, like, what the hell? Come on, like, are you are you kidding me? I don't I don't want to stay up till one a.m. on Monday night watching football game, but I will. Oh, will or will? Oh, trust me, Charlie. I will. Oh wait, I was thinking I'd want to school Tuesday. It's next Tuesday. Ah, next Tuesday. Fudge. Fudge. The Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. We saw this matchup in the SEC Championship game. I, I mean, I don't know if I said this on the pod, but my prediction was the SEC rigged the SEC Championship so Bama would play Georgia in the National Championship. I don't know if I said that on the pod, though. Charlie's a visionary. And look, everything Charlie says just happens. He's just I'm so like smart. Sports. Yeah, he's so smart. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, the four point four GPA is talking. So ex- exactly, exactly. The the you know private school, Harvard bound you know yep. student is talking, and he he knows what he's talking about. But what I mean, what does matchup again? I mean, easily the best two teams in college football. I mean, I know we had Michigan ranked second, but everybody and their mamas knew that Alabama and Georgia are the best two teams in college football, and. They're going to find true. a way. That's Come on. A lot, of pe- a lot of people in Michigan winning. I totally thought that, but I think the SEC did it perfectly. They actually got people's hopes up by, you know, Georgia kind of losing, you know, getting kind of beat up by Bama. But I think most people had a good feeling that the SEC is just always going to dominate. I think so. I think a lot of Michigan fans were hopeful, but I spoke to a couple. I'm not sure how many, like, legitimately thought that – Michigan was going to win that game. Anyways, national championship. Here we go again. Bryce Young making his first appearance in a national championship along with Stetson Bennett. But Alabama, a lot of these guys were on the team last year. That won. A couple of them on the teams from previous years as well. Nick Saban is obviously no stranger to the national championship games. And Kirby Smart. Not a stranger either. They played back in, I want to say that was 2017, 2017. No, done. 2018 they played. 2018 they played. And it was Tua finding Devontae Smith to win the game in overtime, which was an absolutely fantastic game. That was one of the best finishes, but that just shows that, you know, Georgia, there's a good chance will likely choke this game. 
Georgia is a very good choke school, but I'm, I, I mean, I was impressed by their win over Michigan. I really was. I thought that could be the game where they choke, and they didn't. They actually played really, really well. Stetson Bennett, I thought he might crack, you know, because Michigan has a really great pass rush, and I thought, you know, maybe that might get to him a little bit, but he played really, really well against Michigan. So, Charlie, before we dive into our picks, the spread for this game is actually in favor of Georgia, who is the three seed, Alabama's the one seed, but Georgia is favored. Mm-hmm. By two and a half in this game. I don't want to know who you think wins. I want to know who you think covers. Well, since I have Georgia covering, I think Georgia will win. But, I mean, I think two and a half is just a very small amount. And I think Georgia is going to be able to come away with this game maybe by, you know, even three points. Maybe if it moves to three and a half, I don't know if I'd even take it, but. I could definitely see this game going to overtime and a field goal or touchdown win. I don't really see it happening by one or two, though. I, I, I agree with you, but there's a part of me that thinks, like, this is going to be a classic, instant classic game. I feel like this could be a one-point game. If it goes to overtime, you know, you go for two and you miss it, you get the extra oh, point, something like that. Oh, that's two-point. That's a rule now, isn't it? The two it point? is a rule. So if, yeah, oh. if, the, after, so if that happens... I could definitely see Georgia yeah, winning by one. So I, yeah. I will take the bold. I will take Bama actually to cover. I think Bama covers, but you know I think Georgia does you know, take it by one. But we'll get there in a second. Mm-hmm. The over under Charlie, mm-hmm. fifty two points. So they're anticipating you know a, a medium scoring game. You know I'm, not I'm too going. I'm going. I'm, I'm going over, just because I feel like they both dominated both teams, and I feel like. They're kind of gonna run it up on each other. I just, I just have a, I just have a good feeling. I feel like both offenses. I mean, Georgia have a really good defense, but I'm, I'm gonna take the over here. All right, I, I do. I, I agree with you. I think both defenses are, are really, really good. But we saw in the SEC championship game, they scored a lot, a lot of points in that game. They absolutely just demolished the over in that game as well. And both teams put on really solid offensive performances in their previous game. So I see no reason why that will slow down and stop. And it's an indoor game in Indianapolis. And the weather's mm-hmm. not going to be a factor. I definitely see them hitting the over for sure. Charlie, X factor for the Georgia Bulldogs. If they want to win this game, this player needs to have the game of their life. Who is it, Charlie? For me, it's Jordan Davis because I feel like you have to stop Alabama's run game and just because just because how good their offensive line is and if also if Bryce Young is protected I think he's gonna be able to find open receivers like Jameson Williams um is Michi back do you know I don't believe so so you know it's gonna definitely gonna be a challenge but I still think if you're able to get that pressure on Bryce Young he's gonna have a much harder time and if you're able to stop the run game that's a huge part on Jordan Davis. Absolutely. I have two for Georgia. I think, obviously, Stetson Bennett is the difference maker on the offensive side of the ball. We saw in the SEC Championship game, he, he played good. He threw 300 yards and three touchdowns, but he also had the two interceptions, which late in the game really plagued them and did not allow them to stay in that game. He played really, really well against Michigan, not only through the passing game, hitting some really big shots down the field, which was going to be super important for Georgia in that game. We knew that heading into it. But he was also really good on the ground. Hutchinson and Ojabo, while they weren't getting as much pressure as they usually do, they still got pressure. 
Michigan sent some blitzes at Bennett. He was able to sneak out and get pick up some really good chunk plays with his legs, which I think is going to be extremely important in this game. But my number one X factor for this game for Georgia is Nicobe Dean. I think he is the best defensive player on the team. I know Jordan Davis is great, but he only plays, you know, 40 to 30% of their snaps on defense. And I just don't see him making that big of an impact if he's only on the field half the time or even sometimes even less than half the time. Nicobe Dean, however, is their leading linebacker. He's a guy who is on the field all the time. He's a little bit like Micah Parsons where he can edge rush and he can also play middle linebacker, outside linebacker, is solid in coverage as well. And against Michigan was easily their player of the game on the defensive side of the ball. Seven tackles, a sack, one forced fumble. I mean, he was utterly unblockable in that game. He was just absolutely phenomenal. I think he needs to have a big game. He's going to have to get pressure on Bryce Young. We know that if you let Bryce Young sit in the pocket too long, he's going to read your defense and he's going to make you pay. So Dean's going to have to be able to get pressure and he's also going to be able he's also going to need to be solid in run defense as well against Bijan Robinson. I think Nicobe Dean is the X factor on this Georgia team. If he has a similar game to what he did against Michigan, if he can be that disruptive again, I think Georgia takes this game with ease. Charlie, with ease. Now, yeah, let's flip, to the, let's flip to the other side, Charlie. Alabama, obviously, I think you could say every player on their team is an X-Factor because I mean, they're all really great players. But if you had to name one, who would it be? I'm going to go with Jameson Williams because we saw what Bijan Robinson can do, right? We saw it against, but if this is going to be a high-scoring game, which I think it will be, they're going to definitely need him to step up, especially with Michi out. So I think it's huge on Jameson Williams that he's able to get open and have a huge game for Alabama. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, he didn't have the greatest game against Cincinnati. Sauce Gardner did a very good job against him. So I think he's definitely going to be looking to have a bounce-back game. Hopefully, you know, hopefully for him, he's hoping to go off and I think if he does go off, I mean, Georgia's defensive secondary is solid, but they're not great. They're probably, I would say they're a little below Cincinnati's secondary, actually. So I could totally see him just absolutely going off. Now, for Alabama, you might say, you know, Bryce Young, Bijan Robinson, Will Anderson, perhaps. I'm going to go with a man from the trenches, and I mean that literally the trenches of the football field. I'm going to go with Evan Neal, their all-star offensive lineman, projected top five pick in the draft. He is an absolute beast down there. The best offensive lineman in college football at the moment, for sure. I just mentioned how good you know, Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean are. So I think for Alabama, it's going to be just as important that Evan Neal has a good game. And also the entire offensive line. Evan Neal is going to have to make some big blocks in the passing game, in the run game. We know Georgia is going to bring Nicobe Dean into pass rush, whether it's on stunt blitzes, blitzes around the outside, or even just lining him up on the line of scrimmage, which they do pretty often. Evan Neal is going to need to pick up some big blocks. Also in the run game against Jordan Davis and all the other great pass rushers for Georgia. Evan Neal, like I said, if they can buy Bryce Young time, he will pick apart this Georgia secondary and if they can get Bijan Robinson going, I mean, you can't stop him. He's like a freight train. Once he gets going, it's going to take him a long time to slow down. So Evan Neal is actually my X factor for Alabama, Charlie. 
Mm-hmm. That, that's totally, totally valid, especially because how talented he is, too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if he does have a good game, I think we see him vault into the top three, you know, you know lottery pick for this year's draft. Yeah, especially sure. because there isn't, you know, too much quarterback talent this year. That, that could 100% happen. Exactly. I, I think it's a really, really weak draft class this year. I was talking to my friend J.P. Otto, who runs the Crosstown Rival Crosstown Rivals podcast. Go check that out. They're really great. I was talking to him. He's a just absolutely livid Michigan fan. He bleeds maize and gold. He just loves Michigan. So I love to give him a hard time. And obviously, a big you know focus of our conversations have been Aiden Hutchinson. And, you know, regarding this draft class, I've oftentimes said to him, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, while he's the best player in this draft class, I don't think you can doubt that. I think he is the best player in this draft class. He's not that great of an NFL prospect. JP actually agrees with me on this. I'm saying, you know, while Aiden Hutchinson, compared to his draft class, looks really, really, really good, if you put him in, you know, Joe Burrow's draft class or Kyler Murray's draft class. Yeah. I see him dropping five to five or six or maybe even farther, uh, you know, if, depending on which draft class you drop him in. I just think this is a really, really weak class. And I think the difference between Hutchinson and Thibodeau is very great. So once you get past Hutchinson, you know, you have Derek Stingley, who's solid. I mean, Evan Neal, I would say, is probably could you could consider him as the second best player in this class. That that's just kind of where I stand on this class, Charlie. Well, what would you have to say about that? I would I would definitely say this class is. I mean, it's definitely. I think it's talented in some positions. Like I think there's some wide receivers who are pretty talented. However, I don't think the quarterbacks are that talented, and I also don't think Hutchinson is that big of a draft prospect. I, I like him. But I also think Ajabo has way more upside and potential. Hutchinson, he started playing football his junior year. He's a little more athletic. You can probably put more on him. Whereas Hutchinson, I feel like he's already kind of reached his ceiling or close to it. So that's just my perspective on the draft, you know, top of it. So I still don't really understand why Hutchinson's that much higher than Ajabo. And I do think Hutchinson might be a little overrated. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think Hutchinson is the number one pick because once he gets into the NFL, I think he'll be able to have a – I mean, he's not going to be a huge, like an X-factor player on the defense, but I think he will be a solid edge rusher as soon as he gets in the NFL. I think he will have impacts on certain games, whereas Ojabo, it might take a year or two to get him to that level, but I think Ojabo's ceiling is much higher. But – I think Hutchinson's floor right now is higher than Ajabo's. So that's, I think, you know, what a lot of scouts are seeing as well. So I mean, we'll see what happens. We don't know what the future holds. Well, Charlie Charlie does. Charlie knows what's going to happen. Uh, I, I do, 100%. Yeah. And the big question, who is going to win this ball game? Because, I mean, we can talk spread and X-Factor players all we want, but we don't know what's going to happen. So, Charlie, who do we think is going to win this game? I think George is gonna win, but it's it's gonna it's gonna be a close game, and I could definitely see it George choking it, like I always say. Just so you know, we got to give respect to the other team. But I think Georgia is the better team, and I think Georgia had a bad game in the SEC championship. 
or that game is rigged. So either one. But I do think Georgia has overall more talent this year, which is weird to say. A team is more talented than Alabama. But I think Georgia's team is very loaded, and their defense will, I hope, I think, you know, maybe make a huge stop at the end or make a big play to help them win the game. Yeah, for me, this game is a toss-up. I mean, you could flip a coin. I think I agree with you when you say that Georgia is more talented, and I think if there's going to be any year we've seen over the, you know, the last 10 years or the years going forward, I think this is the most vulnerable Alabama team we've seen in recent years. So if there is a time for a team like Georgia to get a national championship, now is that time. But like I said, I think it's a toss-up. I think you know Georgia is prone to choking. Kirby Smart as well. I mean, Stetson Bennett played poorly. I mean, not poorly, but he did make some big mistakes under that bright light against Alabama. That's the championship game. And Georgia's defense really did not play well against Alabama either. So there is that. But Alabama has not been perfect themselves. I mean, playing close games to Florida, Tennessee, Texas. They lost to Texas A&M. I mean, it has not been pretty for Alabama this season to get to where they are. At the end of the day, I am going to take Georgia just because it's so hard to beat a team twice, and especially within, you know, within one game of each other. I mean, they played an SEC championship game, then a game, and now they're playing each other again. They already know a lot about each other. Georgia knows what they have to do to beat Alabama, and Alabama knows if they can do the same thing that they did against Georgia, they're going to have a pretty good chance of winning that, winning this game. It, I mean, it's it's a hard one to say. I mean, there's not yeah. a whole lot of other factors. I mean, travel is the same for both teams, so you can't really say that. I, I just, I mean, I think both teams are very healthy. I mean, obviously they're missing Mechie is Alabama, but. That's really their only huge loss for this team, and Georgia's really not missing any of their big key pieces. So I, I truly think this is one of the most even college football championship games we've seen in a while. I mean, Clemson and Alabama were usually really even, but I think this is definitely going to be a game worth staying up till 1 a.m. to watch. I think it's going to be a very good game. But I am going to have to go with the Bulldogs from Athens, Georgia, to win this and get Kirby Smart his first ring which would which will be very much so deserved. And that is all she wrote. Charlie, do you have any wow. closing thoughts? Well, I'm just excited for a good day of college basketball tomorrow. Michigan, Michigan State. Hopefully it should be a really good game. Very excited for that. Yeah, sadly I won't be able to watch. I will actually Whoa. Ace Hardware working. Ace Hardware. Very sad. Very sad. Yeah. Dude, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna boo them, but not it is sad. Uh, in the break room, I get a half hour break, but we have, we have a computer at the paint desk, so I will I will for sure be checking in on the score every ten minutes, but I won't be able to watch the game, unfortunately. That's very sad, Will. I know. Kind of disappointed you for that. Thanks, Charlie. Well, no. Nope. Hopefully it's a really good game. We'll miss it, but yeah, hopefully. I think I think it will be a very close game. Obviously, rivalry. I think in a rivalry game, your records don't matter as much. I do have Michigan State winning a tight one because I, I, this Michigan team that I just don't I just don't know. They just have so many question marks on it, and Michigan State has been really solid. So I, I'm going to take the Spartans, but I I could totally see Michigan winning at home. In a rivalry game, for sure, for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. No, this 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 game almost scares me more than Purdue at home. Yeah, I I agree. I agree for sure. And that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you for listening to the Just Sports Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Just Sports Pod. Make sure you follow us on TikTok. Make sure that that's about the, the two platforms we've got right now. So make sure you go follow us on those. Make sure you go listen to some of the older episodes. Catch up on you know what's been going on in you know the Just Sports Podcast world or the you know Just Sports Podcast culture. Just so you know what's going on. And that's all I've got. Thank you, Charlie, for being on the show with me today. Thank you for having me. Very good co-host. Oh, it's always a pleasure. You were fantastic. Along with Owen, I know he's not here, and I already thanked him, but thank you again to Owen. He was fantastic. And this has been episode 52 of the Just Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gardner, signing off.